In late June, I was in Windhoek, the capital of the southern African nation of Namibia. I was there for a workshop that PMA was running on digital investigative journalism for reporters from across the region. We had participants from Botswana, Mozambique, Nigeria, the Seychelles and South Africa, as well as from Namibia itself and from the country's public service broadcaster, the Namibian Broadcasting Corporation, or NBC. Namibia is one of the most sparsely populated countries on Earth. There's just over two and a half million people living there within an enormous landmass more than double the size of Germany. Yet despite the small population, there is enormous diversity amongst the people. And NBC, as the country's public service broadcaster, has the mandate to reach and serve all of them. And that's what this episode is all about. Why is it important that public service media provide language services and what sort of difference do they make? In this episode, I'm going to look at case studies across three continents and explore how providing educational, informative and entertaining content in different languages is a core part of public service media's remit. It isn't without its challenges, from the financial... 40% of our overall costs is due to our very decentralized structure, to the different languages, etc. To the technological... You must also move with the times. Provide people with what they need without compromising what your core mandate would be. But when it's done right, you know you're providing an invaluable service to your audience. HFM do uh, some collaboration. How to make sure the indigenous or orange leaf that stay at rural area take the vaccine. I'm Harry Locken from the Public Media Alliance. This is Media Uncovered. My name is Stanley Benjamin Similo. I'm the current Director General of the Namibian Broadcasting Corporation. Stanley's been in this role for eight years. He's the only Director General to have been appointed for a second continuous term. One of the the, the beautiful things around Namibia, uh, culturally, is the aspect of the different languages and cultures that are fully embedded within the country. We have English, we have Afrikaans, we have Germans, the Oshuambo, the Oshierero, and then we have the Sun people, we also have a station for them, and then there's the other groups as well. Now, if you are the public broadcaster, part of your challenge would be to make sure that people can hear, they can interact and speak within their language of their own. Because the point is that if people can't use their language, their culture will be affected negatively. So part of what is embedded in what we do is to make sure that we preserve the culture's through the radio stations that we've been having. And I think with that, we've succeeded quite well, well in doing that. So what sort of services are you providing? All. Radio is a, it's a full spectrum. It's full. Everything from kiddies programs, actuality, the nice things, news. And by the way, our news is, is centralized. Because what we don't want is that we don't want, if this radio station is running, an item that it, that it should have a different angle as to the rest. So we have one central newsroom which then feeds into everything that we do. So should you hear about the news item on NBC, it wouldn't matter on which platform. It will exactly be the, the same story as well. 
So we do all of that. And then, of course, as a country that is poised on making sure that we have unity, it's very important for us that we, we reflect what is happening within Namibia, within its totality. The sum total of who we are is what defines us. As diverse as we are, we also have unification that happens at a level unprecedented. And radio has been the critical, critical catalyst in making sure that everybody who stays in the country can hear that they are here. Now, some of the challenges that we've been having, you will most probably know, Namibia is a very huge and sparsely populated country. So part of our challenges has always been that rich to get to all corners in terms of where we are. Without a publicly funded broadcaster which isn't reliant upon commercial funding to sustain itself, some of these audiences would be left isolated and cut off. They wouldn't have any entertainment or educational programming, no news with which to stay in touch with the rest of the country and the rest of the world. But how do audiences themselves perceive the role and value of NBC? I asked the radio team at NBC to ask audiences exactly this question and record their answers for us. In all the radio stations, there is always an important news that is shared around the world. And when you listen to the radio station in your mother tongue, it makes it very easy for you to understand what is happening in the other part of the world and in your country. I think it's very important that we have radio stations in our vernacular languages. I'm African speaking. It is the language I was brought up in. It's very important our kids are brought up in our native language. I would want to see everyone in Namibia have a radio station in their vernacular language. It is important to broadcast in the indigenous languages because not everyone that listens to radio understands or speaks English. Secondly, it is much easier for a listener to keep up to date with the latest events when listening to their own language. Having Kaisemis FM in our language is very important because we get all necessary information that we did not know. Because elders in the villages only get information via radio. My sincere thanks to the NBC radio staff for putting that together. And there we had featured the Oshiwambo, Afrikaans, Oti Herero and Kwe Kwe Goab languages. The answers from these people demonstrate one of the most important features of language services, connecting these distinct and disparate audiences and bringing them together. Here's Stanley Samilo from NBC again. The political founding fathers knew that this is the Namibia. It is as diverse as it is, but it has to function as a unity that is like united. So, and part of that would be to recognize that every Namibian is equally important as any other. Now, as a broadcaster, public for that matter, it puts a premium on what you do, on what needs to be said. 
you, you can't be involved emotionally yourself in these matters, because as you will know, as a journalist, uh, the, the ethics around what we do must always be the guiding principle that would seek to say that if I allow a wrong broadcast to go out, I may create chaos. I may pit people against, and long before you know, you can have turmoil. And, and that is something that we fight for on a daily basis. In fact, when I came in as Director General in 2015, one of the very first statements of intent that I made was to say that if you, can, if you work for the NBC, you can't be a politician. You can't be. Because here you will have to service the needs of all Namibians, irrespective of where they belong, what they do, and how they do things. But one of the greatest challenges which comes with providing these services is the cost. Much of this expense comes from the distribution side of things, ensuring the content that you're producing is accessible and can be reached by audiences. And this is only becoming more of a burden as the ways in which public media can reach audiences expands. It's quite a complicated setup. You're funded by, through public funds, and at the same time, your quota of funding that you get is not enough for you to be able to do all your business. By the way, we contribute 30% of operational cost out of own revenue generation. Yeah. So now you've got to find ways now through which you must also move with the times. Provide people with what they need without compromising what your core mandate would be. Now, we have to look at issues of affordability, reach, which in the main is not within our control. But what we will be doing is to tap into any means that will make it practically possible for people to be able to to connect. In that regard, NBC has recently just made a major announcement, the launch of the NBC Plus app. Most broadcasters around the world have already developed or are developing their own digital offer to ensure they're staying relevant and easily reached by audiences. In Malaysia, for example, the public broadcaster Radio Television Malaysia, or RTM, recently launched RTM Click. Vicky Eluk is a producer and presenter for RTM's Orang Asli, indigenous radio station, ASIC FM. RTM Click is actually an application that you can access by a phone application. And also they have a website that people around the world actually, sometimes maybe one of, such as my cousin, he study overseas and sometimes he feel like he maybe want to, to hear mother language. So he will tune uh, the HFM through the RTM Click application. So I think that is good to reach people around the world. ASIC FM provides news and cultural content in a number of Malaysia's indigenous languages. And through its on-air programming, it supports these cultures as well by promoting indigenous music, both traditional and new, by featuring indigenous leaders, and by establishing direct engagement with listeners. It's even expanded Vicky's own understanding of Malaysia's other indigenous tribes. I'm involved in this radio station because I feel more near with my own community that because the indigenous people 
in Malaysia there has eighteen uh, tribe. So with the ICFM, the radio station of RTM that focus on indigenous, make me feel know a bit more, a bit detail about other tribe. And we have opportunity, and I have a uh, opportunity to get know the tribe that not well known or not really exposed. But again, as more platforms become a viable opportunity to reach audiences, the costs mount up, and then you need to consider how expensive it is just to produce the content in the first place. And on that point, one European broadcaster has a particularly accurate understanding of the monetary value of such services. SSG might be, at least that's what we hear from time to time, one of the most complex media organizations in the world. So it's, This is Bekel Walden, the Director of Development and Offering at SRG SSR. He's not really wrong. As far as public media organizations go, SRG SSR is pretty complex. So to break it down as simply as possible, here's our advocacy coordinator, Desalon Daniels. Switzerland has four main language groups, German, French, Italian, and Romance. German speakers are by far the largest group, making up over 60% of the population. But regardless of size, each language group has its own public service broadcaster. For the French speakers, that's RTS. For German speakers, SRF, RSI for Italian speakers, and RTR for Romance. These organizations are all independent of each other. They each have their own news teams, editors, even their own headquarters in the different regions. Plus, they also all have regional outposts. RTS is headquartered in Geneva, but also has a regional office in Lausanne, for example. At the very top of these four broadcasters sits SRG SSR, the umbrella organization which brings them all together, as well as Swiss Info, the international news service. The basic idea is that all the different language regions have a comparable offer or an adequate offer of media. So uh, be it radio, be it television, be it online, no matter how small the language region is, that there is a sufficient coverage regarding uh, public service media. And this uh, means that there are several channels, so 17 radio stations actually, uh, seven TV stations and the digital offer, uh, plus a streaming platform. So it's quite a complex uh, setup. As you might assume, providing this level of service comes at a cost, and indeed it does. The license fee in Switzerland is 335 francs. That works out at around 350 euros. It's the highest license fee in Europe, and it's not even close. But there is a reason it's so high. If you produce in four languages, it is costly. Um, there was an analysis a few years back done on our budget and about 40% of our overall costs, so 40% out of the 1.5 billion budget we have annually is due to our very decentralized structure to the different languages, etc. So it means out of 10 francs we are spending, four francs are due to this complexity. That explains the high license fee. So I think there is always an ongoing discussion in society, you know, could it be less, uh, can it be, you know, is it worth it, etc. This argument is going to be front and centre over the next few years as the country prepares for a referendum over the license fee. Unlike the no-billag referendum in 2018, which asked voters whether they wanted to remove the license fee, which was ultimately rejected, this referendum will ask whether voters think the license fee should be reduced down to 200 francs. 
And according to early indications, this idea may have popular support. One poll put the number of people who would support such a reduction at 61%. But with years to go before the vote, SRG SSR is getting ready to explain its role and why its language services are so necessary. As soon as people really look into the matter, what they get for it, be it the languages, be it the, the content of the quality of news, then the acceptance is very high. So it's a constant process of explaining, of really making sure that people understand the value we deliver. So it's not just you know a given where you can say, okay, people pay the money and, and that's it. So we really want to constantly explain it, be very transparent about the costs and the benefits. So it's not just a problem of the actual cost of providing these services, but also ensuring the public supports and understands why the services are so important. In Switzerland, there is some level of recognition. For each of the respective markets, we are the market leader. Public service media is traditionally very strong. In Switzerland, overall, you look at the radio market share of about uh, 60%, even a bit more depending on the region. TV might be around 30%. So there seems to be a high appreciation of uh, the work we do. We see that in, in, in several areas, we see the news, not only with the reach, but also with figures in terms of trust in the news. But we see it also in entertainment, for example, where we have, for example, for the German-speaking part, uh, live shows that go from basically town to town in the summer, which uh, have a market share of, uh, of over 50%. So I think there is a, a lot of positive reaction especially in the Romance language region, there is even a higher approval because this is, you know, without public service media would be very difficult to have this kind of a coverage also in uh, audiovisual media. So it depends a bit on the language region. The smaller the region is, uh, I think probably the even more closer we are to the people. There's perhaps a reason minority language audiences feel the value of public service media more than the larger audiences and majority groups. They understand that without a publicly funded broadcaster, they wouldn't have a media entity which provides them with the news, entertainment and education in their own language. And during the pandemic, that value was well and truly on show. During the pandemic, right, the COVID, our Ministry of Health of Malaysia want to make sure all uh, Malaysians, include Oforasli itself, to take a vaccine. And ICFM do uh, some collaboration with them how to make sure the indigenous or orang asli that stay at rural area take the vaccine because sometimes before that the ministry of health having trouble to make sure all the indigenous people that uh, live on rural area to take vaccine because they they don't want and mostly they run away and after ministry of health reach to FM and we make few discussion how to make sure during that period indigenous people to make sure them take the vaccine and after that we have a few discussion we go to the area rural area also rural village with the ministry of health we record the voiceover from the the leaders of villages and after that after a month or three, four weeks, the uh, Rasli that live on rural area, they trust and they believe that vaccine is will help them to fight the COVID. It's a really powerful reminder of the influence that public service media still has. 
In that moment during the pandemic, when indigenous audiences needed trusted voices assuring them that the vaccine was safe, ASIC FM understood that they were able to play a critical role in providing that, and doing so in the languages of their audience. It's very hard to earn that trust and make such a tangible difference if you aren't producing content in their language. Vicky also makes a really important point about how radio remains such a vital tool and method of transmission for broadcasters to still reach many audiences. Where audiences can't easily access the internet, radio remains the lifeblood of communities. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't invest in technological change and find new ways to reach audiences. We've already seen how RTM and NBC have developed their own digital platforms and mobile apps. Well, RTM is targeting social media as well, as a way of addressing another burning issue for public media, reaching young people. Mostly, the orang asli youngster tend to use a TikTok more because when ICFM do a TikTok and mostly the uh, the support from them is really is really good. We have a, a big a follower that uh, grow organically without we using any advertisement that I think is good uh, is good is good benefit for our station lah. For for now I think is the new media that we want to focus to give a bit more to make our station give more back to the community itself. So when considering language services, it seems apparent that there are some challenges in the road ahead. Technological change. How can you ensure your services are accessible to audiences in the formats they're using, be it analog radio or a third-party platform? Funding. As public media examine different distribution models and continue to produce such a catalogue of content, how can you continue to justify and prove your worth to the stakeholder, the audience? And then for SRG SSR, they're facing an additional problem. You know, Switzerland has, has a challenge that you have the foreign channels who are also pouring in. So you have uh, radio stations, you have TV stations coming in, you have the online offer. And especially for the Italian-speaking part, the French-speaking part, it's really the same language. It's a bit different for the German-speaking part because Swiss German is, uh, is different from the high German, for example, of, of Germany. So there is quite a lot of competition from foreign channels, they have generally more funding. So it's also quite a challenge for us to keep the same high standard the audience is used to and expects at the same time, obviously in a smaller market with smaller budgets. Does that include competition from the public service broadcasters of say France, so France Television or Radio France or um, Rai as well for Italy? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, this is very often watched. For example, also the German TV channels are then coming after our channels. So they are really also successful in terms of market share. The same goes for France Television, for Rai. People, for example, in Geneva or in Lausanne, they would will watch the 1930 main newscast on RTS, the French-speaking subsidiary of us, and then my turn to France Television to watch the news there. So they are very open also to the international perspective. And that means for us to also have a very high standard in terms of delivering our news, for example, or be it entertainment or movies, etc. But can we consider these challenges opportunities instead? Yes, technological change is expensive and daunting, but it's also exciting. Digital platforms present public broadcasters with the means to reach audiences in different and fresh ways, producing more types of content for minority language audiences. 
Funding is a challenge, yes, but it also means public media needs to put an emphasis on explaining and justifying to the public why they're worth it and why language services are such an important aspect of their role. And finally, international competition is difficult, but it could also mean broadcasters now need to work together. And it's something that we're seeing in Namibia, with the soon-to-be-created Sadak TV channel, which will be made up of the 16 nations which comprise the Southern African Development Community. Within the region, uh, there's English, there's Portuguese. Uh, then you would have the dialects within the countries themselves. And then within the Saba family, there's the French element as well. And then there is also now an infusion of Kiswahili that is also coming through from countries like Tanzania and so on. And by the way, the, the TV current affairs news program that I was referring to, Ion Sadek, we put it together here all English, but in Tanzania they translate it 100% into Kiswahili. Yeah. So that also brings in a dynamism. And in Switzerland, collaboration just seems the obvious answer. We have, for example, a regular agreement with Germany, uh, with Austria, that has actually just been uh, renewed. We have about 140 million euros that will be invested. Yet again, a new record actually for co-production. Uh, this is entertainment, this is uh, fiction, etc. We have via TV Sank Monde, where we are a partner in the French-speaking world across Europe, Africa, or the French-speaking community, where there is also very strong content exchange. So there are a lot of those uh, collaborations in the world where you compete Netflix, where you have other outlets which are internationally and globally are a competition, then it does make a lot of sense to bundle the forces also on, on the regional or at least on the language level. Ultimately, providing content in a host of different languages is an integral component of the wider purpose of public service media. In this episode alone, we've seen how these services help bring people together and foster understanding between groups. We've seen how trusted in-language services are essential in conveying critical, life-saving information for hard-to-reach communities. And we've seen how through language services, public service media provides an unmatched service to the most underserved communities within our populations. And while you and I may know and see all this, it feels like many don't. Debates around funding aren't just happening in Switzerland, but many places around the world. And some are asking a broader question over whether we even need public service media at all. So we need to be better at explaining and educating why language services, in addition to everything else that public service media does, are so vital. What would be lost if public service media couldn't provide them? how it would ultimately be the audiences that would suffer the consequences. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Media Uncovered and please do share and subscribe to the podcast. My thanks to the guests, Stanley Similo, Bakel Walden and Vicky Elluk, as well as PMA's Desalon Daniels and a special mention to Bianca Goasis and Manicia Muinjo at NBC for their assistance in pulling the Vox Pops together for me. As always, thanks to Rachel Still, Lucas Thompson and Tom Brazier for the music. We have an event exclusive for PMA members coming up on November 23rd, where we'll be exploring how public media can embrace the opportunities of the digital age. For more information on that event, head to our website www.publicmediaalliance.org. We'll be back with a new episode next month.